0: Welcome everyone to another edition of the Equally Responsible Opinion Show. Two niggas on the couch. It is episode 8. Oh we my are, goodness. Like Kobe baby, we out here. <laughs> hey yo, I'm so glad it's back with the original host. It's supposed to be four of us, but <laughs> as you guys have been listening, there's really only been two that have been holding it down. Holding it down. Uh, Victor Greenwood to my left, per usual. Victor, how you doing buddy? I'm always doing good. Blessed yeah. day, blessed day. It's, it's a it's blessed warm. day. It's warm for us. It's, <laughs> it's, warm, warm warm. it's warm here in Southern California. It's actually cold by our standards. It's a little windy. Yo, it's cold as hell. Yeah. Well, not not cold. I got other friends got right <laughs> Yeah, we got those Santa Ana winds, for those of you who don't know. But our other friend, Kevin, another host of the podcast, he just moved to Texas in. He said, Victor, it was four degrees outside. <laughs> he said it was four degrees. It was snowing. It was icy. Everything was closed down. And he does not seem like a happy camper. But don't worry, Atkins. We will hold you down with our heat and our blankets and all that good stuff that we have here in L.A. And, of course, as always, as you guys know, huge Laker fans hosting the podcast. The Lakers win another one, 112-104, to under the Minnesota Timberwolves. LeBron, I mean, what else can you say about this guy? 30 MVP. points. I think, I think right now he is going for MVP. Let me just write out some of the stats real quick. LeBron, 38 minutes, 30 points, 13 boards, and 7 assists, 13 of 20 from the field. Uh, Victor, you know, we've seen the Greek freak mm-hmm. went back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Back. People are saying, oh, KD, he's back looking healthy, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. You know, Jokic is getting love, and Embiid's getting love, but yes. let's be real. LeBron James right now is playing out As of his it, mind. All those players definitely need to get the
1: recognition they're getting. It's Pull is fully respectable, understandable, but they're not LeBron James. Like, LeBron James is playing. First, it's like he's not just playing at the elite level as these other players. How, what's the age gap from all of them? Exactly. To him? Exactly. And this is his 18th season, and he's honestly, it looks like he's only in his 10th the way he's playing and performing.
0: He's killing it right now because not only are his minutes staying the same and increasing slightly, but he's doing so much more. And I think the one connection he really has is with Dennis Schroeder, mm-hmm. uh, they made a good connection. I think this is also a time when he's getting everyone involved. And let's be let's be honest, we'll probably get to it later in the show. But yeah. this might not be it for the Lakers. Like, who knows if Rob Polinka has some moves up his sleeves Very true. around before that trade deadline of March 25th? But LeBron James, I think, is like, hey. You guys said we only won a championship last year because it was the bubble, mm-hmm. shortest offseason in NBA history. Yeah. I'm coming back a year older, a year stronger. I'm out here to win.
1: It's levels to this, and like how um, I was reading, how Stephen A. was talking about how there's definitely better defender, defensive teams, better offensive teams than Lakers, but no team is more complete than the Lakers right now. You might could argue Clippers down the line, but they haven't really shown that yet. But right now, the clip, the Lakers are the deepest team. Everybody, you have Caruso playing, you have players, you have Maurice, we have Morris not even playing right now, out of of rotation. Yeah. And he will start with most other teams in the league right now, like arguably. Yeah. And he's not even in rotation right now. That's how deep they are.
0: And it's crazy too, because when you look at the Lakers, I. It's so funny how he's such an afterthought, but I think Frank Vogel does deserve some credit. We all give it to like, oh my god, how is LeBron doing this? And it's like, yeah, LeBron's a freak athlete, but I think Frank Vogel does deserve some credit for at least coaching the team. And they've had a lot of close games. Like they, yes. let's be honest, like they were they won by twelve tonight against the Timberwolves, but it was really close throughout he the whole very game. close. They had to go against what three three straight games in overtime mm-hmm. uh, against OKC twice, where it's like, what are you what are you doing? Uh, they got down twenty-two to two against the Grizzlies at home. Uh, the Lakers aren't playing like they're not coming out strong, they're but fatigued. they're fatigued. And it, the question is, how bad do you keep this up for LeBron? Mm-hmm. Because as we saw on Sunday, Anthony Davis is now out. He's going to be out it's for like at least two to time. two to three weeks. They're not going to bring him back in before the All Star break, which is coming about in two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. So. Kevin Atkins, as we keep mentioning, he you know he didn't knock he on owed wood. Me an yeah, he it's owes me. A, he owes me an ankle. Up, he owes me a hamstring. He called it. Um, Anthony Davis being out with an extended period of time. Victor thought.
1: So the first thing I saw when I was like looked at my phone, I was like, "Oh my god, Kevin was right." <laughs> and I was cussing. I was like, "You fucking son of a bitch." But then they showed. I was like, I was just like, I was just praying. I don't even pray like that. Like just. <laughs> Don't be an Achilles, like be something else. And then they're saying the high calf strain, like, bro, it's the Achilles, dog. No. It's not like it's the Achilles. It's what it is. Like, Anthony Davis is due for injuries. And <laughs> unfortunately, it might be the worst one you could possibly get in sports right now. Yeah. And I asked one of my friends earlier, when do you play him? He said, don't play him until the playoffs. I honestly would tell AD, I don't want you walking. Wheelchair. Everywhere. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care. I, obviously, they have the best medical staff possible. They have opportunities. like they have a lot of access, a lot of stuff. I don't know what he's, what he's doing to it, but he's obviously getting some type of treatment that we haven't even heard for,
2: heard before.
0: I think the biggest thing, though, with the Lakers is, like, you're going to have no AD for an expended mm-hmm. period of time. We already talked LeBron's playing, uh, 36 years old. He, LeBron has to carry all these young guys. You know, usually when a player gets older, it's like, all right, LeBron, we'll play you like twenty to twenty-five minutes, maybe that, maybe maybe that, and then like, all right, Kuzma, uh-huh. your time to step up. AD, you're supposed to be the centerpiece of this. Yes, your time to step up. Uh-huh. So yes, the Lakers are deep uh-huh. as a cohesive unit, right. but we all know everything runs through LeBron James and, and AD now and, and, and AD. AD but, but I'm saying like you have AD who's carrying younger, or you have LeBron who's carrying younger guys. When he's supposed to be like, no, I did what I had to do last year in the bubble. It's time for y'all. And I think with that, he is now solidifying, hey, I'm going to win MVP. And with Anthony Davis, hey, look, don't bring him back until you think he's 100% healthy. We saw what happened with the Warriors when they rushed KD back. There's no sense to rush him. And I do believe, like, hey, we talk about this all the time. I know I reference it all the time. Milwaukee Bucks, regular season team. Yep. Have that. Go for it. Go for it. Utah for it. Jazz, what y'all are doing right now, mm-hmm. hey, hot right now. You got great defense. You're shooting the ball well. You got leadership from Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert. You got Donovan Mitchell, who's a superstar. You got Bogdanovich. You have Joe Ingles. You have all these players that the Jazz are a complete team. Do it in the playoffs. Do it in the playoffs. Like, do it in <laughs> That's the playoffs. Why, like,
1: for the Lakers, do you really care for the top seed if the Clippers get it? Because it'll be a home game for you regardless if you're in the finals. And Absolutely final. not. Absolutely not. I think the Lakers are going to play. Obviously, now this comes down to Frank Vogel's coaching, and also not, not forget his coaching staff. He he he, he have, have just some bums. He has some oh, head of he have, Jason he have, Kidd. He has head coaches Feel as the handy. assistant coaches. Like yeah. that's a crucial thing to have. And also, Kuzma has been really been playing really good. Kuzma Caruso. They Kuzma has been really going into his role more as like okay, so let me just do what i do to win? like i don't need to score 10 or 20 or 30 but i need to be out there hustling play by play and then you have Caruso who is one of the fan favorites one of my favorites he won't get you to 10 and 12 but he's going to get you those 12 10 minutes of just pure hard hustle you're talking about
0: all-star future all-star I'll Alex future Caruso all-
1: i want him i hope he gets it so bad <laughs> i'll
0: be so happy to see it
1: uh, he deserves cuz don't why cuz Caruso he- i say every episode he resonates with, the play, with everybody because you see him hustling out there. With Kuzma in the past, you see him, like, fucking coming in with his little blonde hair and all dumb shit like that. It's like <laughs> stupid fucking antics and stuff. It's like, I get it. It's cute. But we don't care about that, bro. On the court, ball out.
0: Yeah, and exactly.
1: Also, we well, you know what always happens this time of the year is the buyout market. So if AD does miss extended period of time... Like you said, Rob Palinka is definitely looking into it right now. Like, who can he go for? I don't know about trading anyone necessarily because we only have trade assets except right. for like Kuzma and Tht. But I think I would keep them personally. Ex- upside, it, unless, upside, is too great. Unless it's something that you just like Bradley Beal. Like you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you can't like, all right, I'm sorry, y'all got to go. I wouldn't trade a lot, but like
0: more. someone like Zach Levine. Like all right, oh, legit third score. Like you need, went to UCLA. Like mm-hmm.
1: yeah, Like, you need someone. You need, but I think they're going for a big man. Like my homie was telling me, um, go for Boogie Cousins. I'll so I, get Boogie if, back. If he, if he gets the third Flash Brother, release him like what Because I think Boogie would be the perfect addition. Guess what the worst part was when we lost Dwight and we lost McGee. We're like, okay, so we have A D now, but who's left after that? Like Salt's not really that kind of player anymore. And Trez is kinda of under undersized. Right. And he he can't do that himself. But with A D there it was like, okay, we could deal with this. But now we'll know A D it's just Tres and Marcus Salt.
0: Now what you what you would really want is you would really want like someone like an Andre Drummond like can yes. get you can get you 15 boards easy can get you like 10 quick just layups mm-hmm. I mean if you got AD full healthy AD where yeah. he can actually play in the higher mid post and you got Andre Drummond crashing the boards banging against the bodies but the only problem with Andre Drummond is he's an unrestricted free agent. Terrible free throw shooter. Terrible free throw shooter, but I think the Cavs know, the Cavaliers know, and we're going to get to something that Draymond said, the Cavaliers know, hey, he's an unrestricted free agent, so we have to at least get something good in return, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because if we let him go, we're not really getting anything. But it's actually interesting because Andre Drummond, uh, along with Blake Griffin, were told by their respective clubs, the Cavaliers and the Pistons, Mm -hmm. that they would not be playing, that they would have to sit on the bench, and they're going to keep them out until they are traded. Draymond Green, after Monday night's game against the Cavaliers, had some great sound. We want to play it for you guys
2: now. To watch Andre Drummond before the game uh, sit on the sideline, then go to the back, and then come out in street clothes because a team is going to trade him is bullshit. Because when James Harden asked for a trade and essentially dogged it, I don't think there was no surprise or no, you know, there's – No one's gonna fight back that James was dogging it his last days in Houston. But he was castrated for wanting to go to a different team and everybody destroyed that man. And yet a team can come out and say, oh, we want to trade a guy. And then that guy is to go sit. And if he doesn't stay professional, then he's a cancer and he's not good in someone's locker room. And he's the issue. And we've seen situations of Harrison Barnes getting pulled off the bench. You know, DeMarcus Cousins finding out that he's traded in an interview after the All-Star game. And we continue to let this happen. But I got fined for stating my opinion of what I thought should happen with another player. But teams can come out and continue to say, oh, we're trading guys, we're not playing you. And yet we're to stay professional. At some point, As players, we need to be treated with the same respect and have the same rights that the team can have. Because as a player, you're the worst person in the world when you want a different situation. But a a team can say they're trading you, and that man is to stay in shape. He is to stay professional, and if not, his career is on the line. At some point, this league has to protect the players from embarrassment like that. You know, we talk all of this stuff about you can't do this. You can't say that publicly. If you say that publicly, you're fine. Anthony Davis got fined, I think, $100,000 or something like that for demanding a trade publicly. But you can say Andre Drummond's getting traded publicly, and we're looking to trade him publicly, and he's to stay professional and just deal with it. But then when Kyrie Irving say, Oh, my mental health is off. Everybody go crazy about that too. Do you not think that affects someone mentally?
0: Yo, I wish we had more time to play his comments honestly, in full honestly, because man. with Draymond, like when he first came out, you're like, all right, this dude, like, okay, he Draymond, f- was,
1: he's kind of the asshole. He has, he's been, not he thought necessarily hit himself, but like the media has kind of portrayed him as like. A loudmouth asshole.
0: Well, I think when he first came out, it was like he was a loudmouth. Oh, he shredded from Donkey. He talking about his ass. Like, what are you talking about, blah, blah. He's
1: NBA champion.
0: But now he's like spitting facts. I shouldn't say spitting facts all the time, but, but he's really voicing he has his, his He really
1: has his moments where he's like, yo, he does something what players don't normally do. Like, players don't usually spe- He was cussing and stuff. Like, they don't really speak out like that. <laughs> unless you know what I'm Like, players don't usually speak out and cuss unless it's like this are the stars or they're super frustrated. But he was like, you know what? Obviously, the Warriors have empowered him as like, "Yo, be you," because obviously the team will come out like, "Yo, you can't talk like that on TV with this. But they obviously are allowing this to happen because
0: they will tell him something. And the thing I love about Draymond is like, you can't take him live anymore. Oh, we go live to the podium like that. that That's taken out. Like Draymond, which is which is good. I like that. (laughs) Which is good. But Draymond cursing like at the podium has become you know expected. But I do he he has a point because. He's like, look, if I don't want to play for this team, I don't want to be here anymore. Millions of Americans can go through that. I don't want to be with this company, this organization anymore. Let me go. But it's still up to you to be professional. However, when you're like an asset to the team and they're saying, no, go sit down and you still have to be in shape. I think that was a great point you made. Like, you still got to be be in shape shape. because I I do think it's a little bit different with the pandemic. You can't really go out to bars and clubs and like that. But it was easy for guys to be like, well, I ain't playing. Like, let me just go out here and have fun. But now it's like, no, because if I don't stay in shape, then the first thing that they're going to say about me is I'm a cancer. I'm lazy. I'm out of shape. I'm not a hard worker. And the
1: buyout market—that's playoff time. So you got to be in shape for this.
0: Exactly. And GMs—it's a very close-knit group of general managers. Only it's only thirty-two of them, and if you really think about it, only a few of them have championship aspirations. So that really—it's the only we care about that. Yeah. Unless they're like, "Hey, doing a salary dump," Mm -hmm. or like, "Hey, this person is actually worth it," Andre Drummond, to like to get us to that next level, and we're going to give up X, Y, and Z. Mm then you really put the onus on the player to live up to that expectation. So I do believe Draymond had a very valid point with that double standard. But the biggest question is, you know, what do you want to see NBA teams do? Like, do you want to see them play them more and, uh, you know, then sit them out when they get traded? Because I thought it was an interesting point brought up by uh, Jalen Rose was saying, I always took it as respect when they didn't play me when they knew they were going to trade me. Because that's less mileage on my knees, that's like less likelihood that I get injury. they you're telling me, hey, we're gonna move you, we wanna keep you in the best condition, go sit on the bench. I thought that was interesting. That's as, a way of looking at, as, it. especially as you get older, because as we said, Blake Griffin is trying to get out of Detroit, or Detroit's trying to get rid of Blake Griffin, how you want to phrase it. Everyone makes the joke now. Blake Griffin hasn't dunked since last season. Which is crazy. It's crazy. I have
1: more like, fantasy and like it's honestly it's for Draymond's point, I think it's disrespectful in a sense for players. Jalen was right. But there's a opposite like Blake Griffin is not on the he's on the tail end of his career. So by him not playing and showing off right now, it's like he might not ever get signed ever again. So you're almost essentially killing his career by not playing him. Because we've only seen this so far. He hasn't hit not dunked much. He hasn't really done much of anything in the season. Like he's had a few good games like but he has games with like eight points, ten points, eight rebounds, like nothing, nothing crazy. And it's like, why would a team wanna first of all pay that kind of money for him now? because this buyout contract is going to be stupid and it's like you're essentially and but let's say he had all that he's making what 39 million he's, he's like that. owed 39
0: million for next year. so season. let's
1: say he played this whole, whole year he's playing right now and he's balling out 20 points a game 24 and then okay like we'll buy him out and somebody might want him but then like you don't know what he's capable of because he's not doing anything so you're almost it's a bigger risk on, I think on the opposite team to go let's just risk it let's go for him maybe he might do something better but you know with Andre Drummond, a younger player, you know he still got it because he's right. playing. But Blake Griffin, looking on a tail end; already could be in a bad situation, It's one or two. But I think it's, a, it's I think it's also hypocritical of Adam Silver to not say anything about this because right. if a, if a player comes out and says I'm not playing with them, next day he's getting fined. Exactly. When a player come, how he said AD came out and said I want to be traded. He got fine. You're getting fined. He got fined. But the team can come out and say we're not going to play this player. Because even though he could be a fan favorite, hope Blake Griffin is, in a sense, he's a popular name, I'm not going to play him. So, oh, but that's okay because the team owner said it. Exactly. So it's obviously a double standard, which we all know already. But
0: And the owners are kind of getting away with it a little bit because if it were a normal, you no, know, no pandemic, whatever, and you had fans in the stadium, again, no shots at Detroit. Don't know how many Piston fans would actually be there. But, yeah, Blake Griffin is a huge selling point. So if I'm a Detroit you know, Piston fan and I'm in the city and I'm like, oh, they're about to trade Blake? Like, I'm not paying my money. I'm going to go sit down. Like, yeah. I'm not going to go. Because
1: you go to the game to see him dunk. It, wait, you it, 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 well, used well, to. You used to. used to. to. Well, let's, <laughs> let's say his season started on time and it was his first year like, yo, I'm going to play Griffith's game. He going to dunk on somebody. That's exactly. What you, you, you were going to sell tickets for the entire season for that reason. Regardless if he dunked or not. But like, you would have bought the in like but now the owner just said, like, nah, he ain't gonna beat it.
0: Like, well, it's also very interesting too because Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond are both in the Eastern Conference, and the Celtics beat the Denver Nuggets tonight, and they actually move over five hundred. There's only four teams, Victory. Well, now five with the Pacers, but there are five teams at five hundred, only four above five hundred. So in the Eastern Conference, you look at Detroit and Cleveland, they're on the bottom as we suspected. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about Drummond, when you talk about Blake, I feel like the Pistons and Cavs are in rebuild mode, don't really know where they're going type mode. They're like Houston right now. Yeah, but let's just say questionable like franchise decisions right now. Mm-hmm. But do you expect a team in the Eastern Conference to pick up? Like, Do you expect Drummond and Griffin to stay in the Eastern Conference to help one of these teams that should be way better? Or do you think a team from the West comes out? Because I think it's interesting, like you look at Boston – or you look at someone like Toronto, 7th right now. They can use some big guys. Like, Boston yeah. could use Drummond right now.
1: Like, Drummond is definitely a real interesting player. Because he, with the playoffs coming soon, with the team slowing back down, for half-court offense, Drummond's going to be huge. Yeah. Like, right now, with the fast-running gun, he'd be kind of useless in the sense because he, he can't keep up with them. Like that's, that's not his fault. The league's not for him anymore. But... It's just like I I think we'll be I think before if Wiseman his wrist is he should be fine from his wrist but I think if Wiseman wasn't doing what he was doing right now the Warriors would have picked up Drummond a long time ago.
0: That's that's a good point and I think it's very interesting because I kind of want to circle back that we you know talk about the Eastern Conference. This is something that we've always heard and this is going to tie back to LeBron with how little success the Eastern Conference is having right now. <laughs> we, what's the one thing we always hear? oh, LeBron can never do it in the West. So I think if LeBron were still in the East and he was oh, dominating, God. they'd be like, look how bad the East is. No wonder he can't oh, win. If
1: LeBron was in the East right now and he lost his second-star player, he'd be like, I'm going to sit down too because this team got it.
0: Like, We're, we're, we're still going to make it. We're still going to be like, okay. But I think when you look at LeBron, now we go back and talk about the MVP, I think he has heard that his whole, like, his whole career. Like, hey – I, oh, he can't do it in the West. He can't do it in the West. Well, now he's doing it in the West. Like you got some. Like we talk about the Clippers. We talk about the Jazz. The Nuggets, who aren't off to a great start, but made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. Like I believe it's like I personally, they'll be be back. The Warriors, we all thought, oh, without Clay, they're in a struggle. They're we'll doing, see. Bro, like, I'm liking the Warriors. Yo, are, the Warriors are I'm moving that ball around. Steph, the, is like, Steph is out
1: here. But Steph has got to do what he has to do all that. Like He's doing way more than we ever expected. Draymond
0: had 16 assists against the Cavs. Exactly. Like, that's a well-oiled machine. Like, people think, like. They're good. They're well-coached. They're like, well-coached. Like, they wanted Chip with Curry, with Draymond, with Curry. Before Durant got there, they know each other. Curry's out here shooting lights out, mm-hmm. shooting over fifty percent from three. Like the
1: players they picked up is Kyle has been really good. Kelly oubre has been good. Wiseman. Wiggins, Wiggins has been okay. He's been okay. That's why I think if they were to trade body it'd be Wiggins. Oh, back have to, to be. Cleveland. Have to be <laughs>
0: <laughs> back to Cleveland. I mean, I think if they didn't have if Wiseman wasn't playing as well, I see. That's he why
1: probably be, wiseman before be again, like, oh go for Drummond, like Wiseman's the rookie, like let them sit there, but he came out and he's number one pick for a reason. Like He's number one pick. Like this wasn't though. He was no. He was no, no bum. Like he only played all these so many games in college. So he had to leave. Yeah. Like, and, or he would have been one of the best players in college basketball. No question. You know exactly. What I'm saying? So exactly. They got huge
0: pickup with that.
1: And but I do think I do see Drummond. I think he comes to the West.
0: Oh, he's got go to go the West. I think I, for a real shot to win a title. But,
1: well, I think it comes. It's gonna come down to what AD. What, what AD's news comes out because all the t- obviously every team in the West is like, all right. We gotta get past them, right? Like our our the Denver, so we need we need a big man. So I think the contending teams are gonna be like, okay, if 80's out for a while, we might not need to get a center, but if eighty like oh eighty comes back in a month and a half, they're gonna be like, no, what? Let's go for Drummond.
0: Yeah, because it's happen. like the you know, the team I instantly thought of when you said big man that could could use a little hot like a little help. And talk about contenders, it could take you from okay middle of the pack West to like okay maybe not like upper echelon yeah. West, but even like close to second tier. What about the Mavericks? Like, you would have Donchage. You could put Porzingis outside. You put Drummond inside. You have someone like Tim Hardaway on the wing. And
1: Cuban would do something like that. That's what Cuban would
0: do. But, see, if I'm I'm Drummond, thinking of it from the player's perspective, I'm going to be an unrestricted free agent next year. If you trade me, yo, where can I set up my shop now? Because, like, I got paid with the Pistons, I got traded to the Cavs. Now where else can I go to really set up that ring chasing? Not ring chasing, but really legitimately get a ring. I found that the most interesting when James Harden, who Draymond referenced, talking about going to the Nets, where he's like, look, when I played in Houston, I made sure my my family was financially secure. That is a huge part that people don't want to tell you about. I made sure, for lack of a better word, I got the bag. I got my money. I had a chance to win a final when I was in OKC. I went to Houston. I got my MVP. I got the bag. Now I want to win a ring. I'm going to the best place in my mind. I think that's possible. He goes to Brooklyn. Kyrie says, you're the point guard. I'm the shooting guard. KD will be the best player on that team. And now he legitimately has a chance to make it to the finals and win a ring. Andre Drummond needs to look at. You know what? I made my money. Where can I legitimately Honestly, go and I win think, a ring?
1: Yeah, he's made so much. He's made He's making. He, from in 2020, motherfucker, walking. Like, yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Just,
1: without free throws. Like without yeah. free throws. It's just, he's so good, and I just like it's almost like I don't see the Lakers going for him unless it's a buyout. But even then, it's like when I would I would assume Lakers should play on the path Like okay, 80s going. Like I, that's how I would plan my mind. like. All right, 80s not playing. That's it. Let's not think. When he comes back. Perfect. If he doesn't, we were, we were planning for it, so let's do this. But I think like Blake Griffin, I don't see him as a Laker. Like I don't see how he will fit. Also, but you never know. Playing with LeBron, it elevates players. Blake does try to shoot more three pointers now. That's kind of what he is now. So maybe he could become. He could be a perfect fit. Yeah. I I, I think if Laker, over anybody. It'd be Blake over Drummond. Yeah. Cause I think because Blake would run. With them.
0: Well, it's it's also whoever the Lakers pick up, if it's a Blake, if it's an Andre Drummond, if it's someone who just wants to get out of their current situation before the deadline, LeBron is definitely have an influence and a say in what the Lakers do. And you're you're absolutely right. It comes down to how prolonged is Anthony Davis's decision. How much can LeBron keep this up? Is he like I'm tired? I need some extra help. But we will get to that point. But going from LeBron, the GOAT in the NBA right now, to the GOAT of the professional National Football League, Tom Brady, winner of his Fuck seventh. <laughs> Tom this Brady. a
1: fucking bag of though. Uh,
0: <laughs> Tom Brady, we saw him on the Super Bowl parade feeling, what do you say, a little bit too much skill av- to avocado.
1: 100% with that. Like, I would, listen, don't let me win championship uh, ring.
0: So, well, here's the interesting story Tom Brady wins his seventh Lombardi trophy. Tampa Bay has a boat parade. Tom only Brady only, only, only in Florida, in Florida only in Florida <laughs> during a pandemic. Florida going, Florida bro. Florida, go <laughs> Florida, Florida man Florida. going Florida. So Tom Brady on one yacht throws a Lombardi Trophy to another yacht. It is caught the granddaughter the of, of the silversmith who designed the Lombardi tro- the trophy the found that disrespectful as for Tom Brady to apologize I'm sorry I can't even get through this story without laughing
1: I would tell you right now shut the fuck up forever So I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't I would go that shut harsh the fuck up forever. I
0: wouldn't say I wouldn't go that harsh but I think my biggest thing is to, with all due respect this man has won 6 of those before mm-hmm. You think him throwing it from one boat to another is the most disrespectful thing he's done with that trophy
1: Like that's just like that's just people who want to be mad about nothing like, it'd be one thing, and he threw it, okay? Like, the players in hockey eat fucking cereal out of the fucking Stanley Cup. <laughs> right, cuff. So, like, right. so what are you talking about? Like, these right. fools put candy in it. Like, <laughs> are you bad about this? And she was, because she was saying, I'm doing it for all the other silversmiths either. Also, so not just for her dad, but it's was like, I don't think you talk about hockey. Like, don't yeah. people make that stuff too? Like, they he threw it, okay? He was drunk. That was hilarious. <laughs> He's a quarterback
0: at throwing it to a tight end. Him when, when I saw that man get off the boat and he was walking and his homeboy yeah, he was helped. like, hey, let's just get you to the car. Let's no, just he, get you to he the car. Him,
1: that was for, for the team, like, all right, you go off to the car, now you go shut the fuck up, <laughs> you go sit in the car, you go throw up.
0: But I love the fact that he tweeted out, yo, that's what happens. We got a little bit <laughs> too much tequila off the car. I was like, hey, yep. we've all been there and we've all been there in this pandemic.
1: And it's a championship. Like, you expect that. Yeah, true. It's and, honestly, it's funny to see that.
0: Yeah, it is. And I think it's – the big thing with that is let's all let's keep it 100. Brady is so happy that he won that because now he can kind of separate oh, that's why himself was, with Belichick. That's
1: also we don't realize. Like, he was okay, – okay, he was drunk, but, like, when was the last time you saw, like, the quarterback, like, walking off of, some, of a parade like that? No, I've never watched any parade and ever seen like, the star player. I've seen players drunk, but never, like, this like – it's like seeing LeBron get wasted. Like, yo, he out here. But yeah. Brady was – you could tell – you know when you celebrate and you drink and it hit a little different? <laughs> like that you know like, like when you like, like you have like a that day of work, long day of work and it hit a little different or that first raise it hit a little different when you drink yeah. at that night. That's what that was. That ring it hit he's like, fuck Billy
0: I think the big thing is like there's that famous image where Steve Young is like hey, he could never win because Joe Montana went four for four, and then when they played the Chargers in the Super Bowl, and he's on the sideline, and he's like, hey, can someone come get this monkey off my back? And the center comes and gets like the fake monkey off his back, and then John Elway, he's been in a couple Super Bowls, didn't win, and then he finally wins one. Like It means something when when you feel vindicated, when you feel like you accomplished something. Brady already has six of those things, as we said, but the first one without Belichick, first one without Belichick, first year in Tampa Bay, First team to win at home, and in my estimation, the first ever Super Bowl parade on a boat. Yeah, that's,
1: what I'm but, <laughs> like, no, that's why when I saw that, I was like, These niggas is on a boat right now. I'm like, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, See. They don't take COVID serious. Like, they don't. Like, oh, know, Florida. And then, Florida. So, and, these, and then the worst part, you have the cops helping them out. Like, bro, there's, this is so Florida right now. Like, <laughs> like, I was so bad seeing how Florida that was. But whatever, Tom Brady ain't shits, too.
0: Oh, my God. But, no, I do want to turn just a really quick into a somber note. Because, speaking of Tampa Bay, uh, we had some devastating news come out of it yesterday. Vincent Jackson, the 38-year-old former NFL wide receiver, Pro Bowl wide receiver, I should say, uh, passed away, age of 38, was found dead in a hotel room Monday morning by a housekeeper. Uh, authorities are still investigating. No cause of death has has been released. But Victor, this hit close to home with me. I was sitting there, I got the notification. He was a charger before. He was a charger. I was sitting next to my mom, and my jaw dropped when I found out that Vincent Jackson had passed.
1: Found dead. Like found what?
0: dead. And it, and the thing that's so crazy to me is because I remember. Watching him with Phillip Rivers and with that 0-6 team, that 0-7 team. He was drafted in the same year as Sean Merriman, Luis Castillo. Uh, they were all first and second round picks as a result of the Eli Manning trade. And you watch him um, not just as a charger on the field, but he got really ingrained into the San Diego culture. Like, you would see him in Pacific Beach. You would see him around eating at local restaurants and eateries, uh, saying hi to fans. Like, just a, just a great just smile. Being just, like, just being in the community. Because I
1: remember seeing Vincent Jackson, because I had him on Fantasy for a few years. That's why, like, when you got the message, I was like, wait, what? I was like, it's yeah. like, you freak, like, for a retired player. Like, he was, like, I swear on Twitter. Somebody wrote, like, one of the comments said, and he was like, like, this fool was no bum. Like No, he was. He like, was great. Like he might have, like, it says three pro bowlers, like but, but this fool was no bum. Like yeah. he was a big receiver. He would get the catches. Like he was a solid He was big. He was, solid he was fast.
0: He was strong.
1: He literally had every aspect of what you need enough of it to do great things.
0: Right. Now I I will never forget like him playing opposite Malcolm Floyd, uh Antonio Gates at tight end and then of course you had Lorenzo Neal blocking for future Hall of Famer, LaDainian Thompson. Like that, like, that team, that 6 that was a team. team, that was the that was squad and that 14-2 team that ultimately lost to Tom Brady and the Patriots. But it was just really sad. And, again, no cause of death has been released. And I know it's kind of a left turn that we have taken. But just wanted to give him and his family a shout-out. I know he uh, leaves behind a wife and, and three kids. So uh, during this whole pandemic of COVID, um, not saying that's the reason, but, again, you just got to take life um, as much as you can because you never know Um, when it's going to be gone. But, Victor, one thing that we do know is uh, it's still Black History Month. Yes, it is. Uh, We have uh, been talking about some of the great accomplishments of uh, black people, not just in sports, but just around the world. And uh, before I get into my, like, black hero or unsung Mm -hmm. hero, is there anyone you want to give a shout-out to this week? I can't think think of
1: anyone offhand, personally, because it's just, like, it's just so many – I've been reading about so many different people that, like, invented, like, the most – black women who invented so many things it's just like, it's upsetting that you don't learn these things that it's a difference between taking it upon yourself and learning something new which is like that's fine there's like, something new but like these things like we should have learned this in school
0: like, right
1: like there's a lot of stuff that we we haven't learned like, like who invented like the mathematician that that inspired the movie with uh, uh oh you're talking
0: uh, about uh hidden gems uh, yeah, uh, not hidden gems like uh, we didn't what well, you're talking about uh hidden figures hidden figures yeah right? like
1: why wasn't that story told to us as a kid
0: Exactly. Like, that's
1: that's not something that's like, oh, yeah, she made this. Like, nah, she made something that the entire world benefited from. Yes. Like, that we're still using till today. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? We're still using that. She put the basis of a formula down that was the cause of all of our space travel around the world. Right. And it took until we were fucking in our late 20s to find out about this person.
0: Right, she uh, she paid Katherine C- Johnson, who passed away uh, last year, but that you're right, she helped NASA accomplish something that NASA would have never accomplished as it, if it wasn't for her contribution, and she doesn't get the credit that she deserves, and you're absolutely right, black women have been holding it down, like I think we're looking at a black female superhero in the making right now which is Stacey Abrams, like Stacey Abrams single-handedly got Yo, the Democrats Stace, to the Senate seats in Georgia Stacey Abrams is, like, again like, she's, a, she's a new
1: goat, like She's up here, like she is. She did her damn thing. Yeah, no, I, I, she literally, she literally did her damn thing, and people don't understand how serious what she did was. Like, vote people. She registered people to vote that didn't believe the voting
0: was was real, and that's like huge. And I, I love her for that. No, you're you are not wrong. And the one thing I was watching with my mom yesterday on on President's Day, uh, I absolutely love this. You guys have to check it out. It's on HBO Max. Um, Right now, it's called Black Art in the Absence of Light. And it follows along the contributions that black artists have made to the art world. And I just think that is one of the coolest things ever. So it starts with David Driscoll, who in the 60s and 70s put together a contemporary black art show. And he was asked about it by Tom Brokaw on the Today Show. Like, Do you consider yourself black art? And he's like, no, we consider ourselves American artists. His reporter, Tom Brokov,'s response was, well, if you consider yourself American art, how come you're only featuring black artists? And he said, because the mainstream won't feature us. So mm-hmm. even though we are all a black artist gallery, we are still considered American artists. And it goes from the history of not just the 1960s and 70s, but it goes back to when slaves were able to like, start to learn to read and write. And how they were able to paint or able to um, sculpt jugs and how they were able to write on it. And it was just a very moving thing to watch because it goes from that to uh, the, the men and women who painted, uh, I should say black artists, who singular, who painted Obama and first lady Michelle Obama for their official portraits, yes. which had never been done. So you had the first ever African-American president. His presidential painting was done by an African-American artist. And the same goes for uh, First, former First Lady Michelle Obama. And it was so inspiring to watch because I think that's something that you and I don't really get to see is that type of, like, black art. Like, when, pe- when people say it was so interesting because Martin Scorsese uh, came out and started talking about media companies buying all these uh, rights to films and TV shows. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it gets called content, even though content really started with cinema. But now everything by these giant media corporations gets labeled as content. So that kind of like waters down everything. It does. And I think the biggest thing is when you look at uh, black c- content, that gets lumped together. Mm. It's like, oh, rap, like hip-hop, R&B, urban. urban. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, it's, it, and especially like it's so interesting to look at these black artists Many of whom come from all throughout the United States, which I think is really cool because art yeah. scene is always like, oh, you're in New York, art scene. Yeah. But to see a different part of black excellence mm. that you really don't get to see was really cool. And there was a, an artist in there who was referencing her her eyes how she draws her eyes of her figures, mm-hmm. and she draws them to make sure they're looking directly at the viewer. So she has them in the galleries hung low because she's like, all throughout history, black people have been looked at by everyone. Mm-hmm. We've been judged by everyone. So she kind of flipped the script, and she made sure her paintings looked at you the same way black it. It, it was great. And I think a, a it's big... It's on HBO Max, you said? It's on HBO Max, black... Uh, black Have you art seen, um judas not not yet but it's called black art in the absence of light and another cool thing just before i go are you know got off go this and go to black judas was they uh, we talk about black hip hop and you know culture swiss beats and diddy like talk about black art I'm and so swiss beats is but they reference how hip hop does play a part in this black art but yeah. not in the way you would think Yeah, and it's, it's I, you have to check it out it's check called it out. Black Art in the Absence of Light it's streaming to on HB HBO um, I gotta look up the artist's name because I, I don't want to uh, give her to give yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah but please Victor tell the audience about uh, what is it Judah uh, so I
1: haven't well, I haven't had time to watch it yet but it's but I've had but the thing I've, I will the reason why I brought it up because I will respect one thing is I've been online obviously and people haven't responded to it and it's been people who aren't black and they're like, oh, my God, what a good movie. And then, like, also, I think it's it's important to support. That's why we have to definitely have to watch it soon. It's definitely to support this kind of movie because then we want our story to be told. And the only way it's going to be told is we support it. Right. And that's the issue. And, but, I, but I heard it's, it's a great movie, obviously. I was, but the only thing is it's one of those movies that we could watch it and we know it's not complete. Because it's, it's such a complex story complex person, situation. That- well,
0: Judas and the Black Messiah is the film uh, but the one thing I will say about it is the crazy part about the film is Fred Hampton who was part of the you know, Black Panther Party of Chicago got gangs to put down their guns come together. He was 21 Yeah, when he was killed by the FBI or Chicago Police Department. Assassinated, assassinated in cahoots with mm-hmm. the FBI. And the thing that is so interesting to, to think about that is he was 21 years old and did all this. And he had... we, yo, know, White America scared of me. No, no, no. White America was scared of Fred Hampton and what They're they terrifying. were doing. They were terrifying. So when you think like, oh, I can't make a difference at 21, 25, 30. It's like you absolutely can't. Ages
1: mean nothing.
0: Exactly. Like
1: he was 21. Like he would still be alive today.
0: He would still be alive. Because it's, it's interesting to say like the story and how complex it is. HBO and... Uh, the director, they actually went to his wife, who is you know featured in the film. Someone's playing her, actress is playing her, and his son, Fred Hampton Jr., who is now chairman of the Black Panther Party in Chicago, and they. I, I, again, you never know because stories like that, what's been told, what hasn't been and told. You can
1: only say so much for legal reasons, and stuff like exactly.
0: that. Exactly, and, and and it is sad that most of the people who are involved in that maybe may or may not still be with us. Mm-hmm. So you're right, that the accuracy details, the continuity may be a little off, but I, I do really want to see it. Um, the overall message is there. It, it's think, great. Like you
1: said, he was twenty one years old. Twenty one years old. It's like, fantastic. He was a rising star. Who would know if we'd done what are we with the thirty years? We had 10 more on top of that.
0: Let's I mean, with like with where Jesse Jackson was and where he was, like Chicago, as we all know, has such a big influence on Black culture. There's only you know infinite amount of theories of where he could have gone. Yep. Uh, Amy Sherald is the artist of first former first lady Michelle oh, yeah. Obama. Uh, I highly suggest watching this film and highly suggest Black
1: people killing her right
0: now, man. Yeah, it, it's it's such a good film about Black excellence. Um, but again, if you guys have any. Uh, topics about black history or mm-hmm. one thing when I really want to start doing is I didn't know about yes. like black history or just black. You or I didn't know yeah. about
1: something in history in general. Exactly.
0: Honestly. Exactly. Like something they don't teach you about. If you guys have anything that you would like us to share that you think people should know about, please, by all means, send it to us. Um, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Victor, where can they find us?
1: You can find us at the Eros podcast. That's T-H-E-E-R-O-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's on Twitter or Instagram. Or you can always find me personally
0: at VIC underscore (laughs) GW403Ds. You can find me at Curtis Sheehan on Twitter. Or you can find me at Kurt underscore 89 on Instagram. Before we do go, um, I know it's been a very somber show. I want to give a shout out to uh, someone I had the opportunity to work with is Jalen Rose. Um, Jalen lost his mother yesterday. She had lung cancer that spread to her brain. For the last two weeks, she has been in hospice. Um, she is a trailblazer because she created the name Jalen. Um, something that you guys may not know, and I highly suggest you read, is the creation of the name Jalen. Uh, Jan Cassandra Rose. She her uh, Jalen's biological father, Jimmy Walker, who was a former NBA player and. His uncle John, who drove his mom to the hospital, she combined those two together and got the name Jalen. So crazy, and it's it's crazy to think that by starting that, Jalen has become such a common name. Common common name, and I I just I want to give him a shout out because thinking about you, uh, you know, we're a huge fan of what you've done, not just for uh, the NBA, but what you've done in the broadcast industry. Started JRLA Jalen Rose Leadership Academy. Uh, Charter High School in your hometown of Detroit. Just want to give you a shout out. Fire Let you know. Yeah, yeah, always, always, Fire always uh, on that barbershop picture. <laughs> Fire so like, she looks fake. As <laughs> she looks so good, she looks fake. Yo, he looks great, but no, Jalen. Just want to give you a shout out. Uh, tell you that we're thinking about you. Hope you and your family are doing well. Mm-hmm. uh Thoughts and prayers. Everyone, stay safe out there. And Victor, what should they do?
1: Wear a fucking mask.
0: We'll see you guys soon.
1: thanks